Based on this 15 verses from Exodus in chapter 2, our message title for today is God Prepares His Deliverer. God Prepares His Deliverer. God was preparing a deliverer to set Israel free from slavery in Egypt. But as I was saying, God was preparing Moses. God had chosen Moses to be his deliverer, to set Israel free from slavery in Egypt. And God would prepare Moses to be that deliverer through a series of lessons, as we will see today. And those lessons can be applied to our lives as well. Now, Moses was born in 1525 B.C., and he lived to be 120 years old. As Paul Johnson mentioned last week, his life can be divided into three periods of 40 years each. The first 40 years with Pharaoh in Egypt, the second 40 years as a fugitive in Midian, and his last 40 years with Israel in the wilderness trek on the way to the promised land. This morning, we are going to concentrate on God's preparation of Moses leading up to his calling in the land of Midian. In our first verse we saw, now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up, that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. Why did Moses decide to go out to the Hebrew slaves? The Bible tells us in Acts, in Acts chapter 7, but when Moses was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. Moses was not just visiting them for one day, but Moses renounced his position in the royal palace, and he was even willing to join them in their plight. The Bible tells us in Hebrews in chapter 11, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. God was preparing Moses' heart by working in Moses' heart to renounce his position of, of a, as a wealthy man, as a royalty. Moses could have chosen to remain in the palace, enjoying the comforts, as it says here, enjoying the pleasures of a wealthy life. But he didn't. Why not? The next verse says, because Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for Moses was looking to the reward. As God was preparing Moses' heart, he was giving Moses a spiritual perspective. He was giving Moses a spiritual perspective. Moses considered to suffer for the promised Messiah and for the chosen people of Israel as something better than the treasures he had in Egypt. In the same way, the Lord works in our hearts for us to have the same spiritual perspective. The Lord wants each and every one of us as believers to live our lives with our eyes on eternity. The Bible tells us in Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 2 that we must set our minds on things above and not on things of the earth. It is the Lord's expectation that we will live our lives with a spiritual perspective. And God was preparing his deliverer for, her, for him to live that way. Notice the verse says, and it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. He renounced his position, and then the end of the verse says, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. 
he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. When he sees that, what does Moses do? We know that for us, if you and I were in similar circumstances, it is interesting for us to see what the Bible tells us. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26, like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. The Bible tells you and me that we should not involve ourselves in an argument that does not belong to us. It will come back to bite us, just like holding a dog by its ears. But Moses was being moved by his sympathy for his fellow Hebrew. And now the Lord would teach Moses and all of us a very important lesson. The Bible says, So Moses looked this way and that, and when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Moses looked this way, he looked that way, and when he didn't see anyone around, Moses let the Egyptian have it. Moses killed the man. And although Moses acted to defend the Hebrew slave, he was expecting, he did not want any of the Egyptians to see what he did. Otherwise, he would have been killed as a criminal in Egypt. Moses thought that the story would not be known by anyone, not even the Jews. But Moses knew that there was one man who saw the whole thing. Moses knew there was one witness to what he had done. Who was he? The Hebrew slave whom he defended. He had seen the whole thing. But Moses assumed that even if all the Jews had seen what he did, they would all come to one conclusion. They would all understand this. The Bible says in Acts chapter 7, when Moses saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And Moses supposed, and Moses supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him. Moses assumed, he didn't think that no one else would know aside from the Hebrew slave what he did, but he assumed that if, even if all the Jews had seen him killing the Egyptian, they would all understand that God was going to set them th free through him, that he would be the deliverer for the people of Israel, which was 100% true except that it was not God's time yet. In his zeal to defend the Hebrew slave, Moses assumed that the time had come. He assumed that the time had come for God to deliver Israel. But at this point, God has a lesson for him, and it is a lesson about self-confidence. The Bible tells us in Proverbs in chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. What Moses was expecting to happen would have been true, but it was not in God's time. He was serving God. He was trying to serve the Lord according to his own assumptions. And the Lord had a very important lesson for, for him to learn not to do so, not to be self-confident, but confident in the Lord alone. Let us never assume to do anything for God of our own accord, but let us always commit our plans to the Lord and seek the Lord first in prayer. 
In his self-reliance, in his self-confidence, Moses assumed he knew what would happen, that the Jews would understand why he did that and that he was a deliverer. Instead, the Lord had yet another lesson for him. The Bible says, He went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other, and he said to the offender, Why are you striking your companion? But he said, Who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid, and he said, Surely the matter has become known. Moses was not expecting that anyone else would know what happened. But obviously, it seems that the Hebrew slave whom he defended told the story to the other Jews. One day, Moses is feeling confident about being the deliverer of Israel. And the next day, he's feeling betrayed by the one man he tried to help. Can you imagine how disappointed Moses must have been? And yet in that was another lesson in God's preparation of his deliverer. It was a lesson about trust. The Bible tells us in Psalm 118, it is better to trust, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. The Lord wanted Moses to trust in him and on him alone. The Lord will always remind us through his word, he will always remind you that no matter how well you know someone, it is always better to trust the Lord instead of putting a confidence in anyone else. Human beings sooner or later will disappoint you, but God will never fail you. God wanted Moses to depend on him and on him alone. He thought he knew what would happen. Instead, the Bible says, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. Pharaoh wanted Moses dead, not only because of his crime against an Egyptian, but also to crush any attempts by the Jews to rebel against their slavery. And what happens? The Bible tells us then Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. All that Moses wanted to do was to help his Hebrew brethren. All that he wanted to do was to make a difference in the lives of those who were being slaves in Egypt. And yet, nothing was happening according to what Moses was expecting. In this, it was a lesson about patience. Because Egypt remained in power, Israel remained in slavery, and Moses fled in fear. Not exactly what Moses thought that it would happen. Not exactly what he had expected that would be happening at that time. But it was not yet the time for God to begin his involvement in delivering the people. The Lord wanted Moses to be waiting upon him and upon the Lord alone. For us as Christians, this is an important lesson that each and every one, each and every one of us must learn as well. We know that the Lord is sovereign. We know that he has everything under control. But we must always remind ourselves that the Lord will only act according to his perfect timing and purpose. We live in a world of instant gratification where everybody wants everything yesterday 
But God doesn't work that way. God is never late. He moves and works according to his perfect timing. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, the Lord says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Lord wanted Moses to be prepared as his deliverer, but to wait upon the Lord, despite his assumptions, despite his self-confidence, despite his trust in anyone else, the Lord wanted Moses to trust in him alone, and, Mo and Moses had to be patient in the ways that the Lord would use him, in the ways that the Lord was going to move through him to deliver the people. The Bible says, notice this at the end, that after Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh, he settled in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. He sat down by a well in the land of Midian. The land of Midian, that ancient land of Midian, is today Saudi Arabia. It is here. Visitors come here to visit these ancient tombs. These burial sites are presumably from the time of Moses. They come here to visit the ancient land of Midian. It is a tourist attraction. But for Moses, this place was no tourist attraction. This place was the place for his next lesson in God's preparation of his life. This place was his place for a lesson about humility. One day, Moses is enjoying the comforts in the royal palace. And before he knows it, he is in a foreign land, sitting on this dirt, hoping to get a drink from a well. The Lord does have a way to humble us, doesn't he? And it is all for our good, because the Bible tells us in James in chapter 4 and verse 6 that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to whom? To the humble. And Moses learned that lesson well, because the Bible tells us in Numbers in chapter 12, verse 3, that Moses became the most humble man on the face of the earth. God was preparing his deliverer for a noble cause, God knew that he would choose and call Moses for that cause. But before he would do so, there was much preparation that the Lord needed to do in his life. He would need to learn the lesson about self-confidence, the lesson about trust, the lesson about patience, and now the lesson about humility. Now the Bible tells us in verse 16 that the priest of Midian had seven daughters. That man's name was Ruel or Jethro. And he was a priest of a pagan god in Midian. However, the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 18, verses 10 through 12, that later in his life, this man came to be a worshiper of Yahweh. He came to be a worshiper of the true God. Through the testimony of Moses, when in the future Moses would tell him about what God did for Israel. Despite Moses' circumstances, the Lord used him to bless someone else. Likewise, let us always remember, no matter your circumstances, always pay attention to those around you, because you never know how the Lord will use your testimony to bless someone else's life. You may be the only Bible they are reading. 
The Bible says that Ruel or Jethro, as priest of Midian, he had seven daughters. And he continues to say that his daughters, they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. His daughters were doing the work of a shepherdess. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 29, verse 9, that Rachel, before she married Jacob, she too was taking care of her father's flock. The Bible tells us that Rachel was a shepherdess. In those times, it was common for a woman before marriage to work as a shepherdess. Obviously, men would also work as shepherds. But history books on ancient customs tell us that depending on the region, this would happen. The men considered it beneath them to take the flocks to pasture. It was the exclusive duty of unmarried girls to spend the whole day with the sheep. In certain regions in the Middle East, only unmarried girls would take care of the sheep. But in other regions, there would be only men taking care of the sheep. For instance, David, before he became a king, he was a shepherd. David had sisters, unmarried sisters, but they were not helping David in taking care of the sheep. David was the only one working as a shepherd, as we know. But in other regions, there will be unmarried girls who will be doing that work, at times working alongside their male counterparts. And wouldn't you know it, by God's sovereignty, by God's perfect plan, everything was unfolding according to God's plan to prepare Moses as his deliverer. Because he did not go to an area where there would be only male shepherds, but it just so happens that the well where Moses was sitting by, there will be also unmarried girls coming there doing the work of a shepherdess, working alongside other shepherds. In this place, it will be the place for Moses to learn his next lesson. It will be a lesson about service. It will be here in what is known today as Moses well. The seven daughters of Ruel, the seven daughters of Jethro, they brought their flocks to this place. And this well is known today, you would imagine, it is called the well of Moses. It is called Moses' well. Of course, after thousands of years, this well today is completely dry. But tourists come here today to take a look at this place this archaeological site, this historical site, where Moses was sitting by, by this well. For many, this might be a place of a tourist attraction. However, for Moses, this once again was the place for a very important lesson, a lesson about service. The seven daughters of the priests brought their flocks there to where Moses was sitting down. All they wanted to do was to draw water from the well put it inside their troughs, and then let their sheep drink water. But this is what happened. The Bible says, then the shepherds came and drove them away. You see, the rule of the desert was first come, first served. A person would need to wait for his or her turn to draw water from the well according to the order of their arrival. But those shepherds were rude. They stepped in front of the ladies. They stepped in front of... They stepped in front of the girls and they simply pushed them aside. But here comes Moses again. The Bible says, but Moses stood up 
and help them and water their flock. Remember, Moses was sitting down by the well, but when he saw what the shepherds did, Moses got up. He stood up to them and said, hey, 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 what are you guys doing? The girls were here first. The Bible tells us that he pushed them aside then to take the place back that the girls had. He was the one who drew the water for them. He was the one who poured the water into their troughs, and he let the sheep belonging to the girls drink first. This for Moses was God's preparing him with a servant's heart. God was preparing Moses with a lesson about service. In his life in the palace, Moses was not used to serving anyone, but he was used to being served. But now the Lord wants Moses to have a heart of service. In God's preparation of him, God has given him the heart of a deliverer, the heart of a servant. This is another lesson for each and every one of us to also take heed in our own lives. The Bible tells us that we must follow the example of Christ, our Savior. The Lord Jesus, he came not to be served, but to serve. And it is our hope and prayer that each and every one of us in Christ will learn this lesson well, that we would serve the Lord faithfully in such a way that one day all of us will hear the voice of the Lord himself telling us the word of Matthew 25, 23, where we will hear the Lord saying, well done, good and faithful servant. The Bible says in verse 18, when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, why have you come back so soon today? Now follow this. Their father said to them, why have you come back so soon today? Their father, he was surprised that the girls had come home so early that day, giving us the understanding that what happened with the shepherds that day was not just a one-time event. But the girls were used to coming home late because the shepherds had the, they had the habit of bullying them, of taking their place, of stealing their place by the well. It was their bad habit until Moses showed up. And the Bible says that they responded to their father. So they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And what is more, he even drew water for us and water the flock. They thought he was an Egyptian because of the way he was clothed and also by the way that he talked. He grew up in Egypt. He would have an accent. He would be talking different than they would. But also the Bible tells us in Acts in chapter 7 in verse 22 that Moses was a man of power in his words. He spoke with authority. And that may also explain why all those shepherds did not stand up to Moses, but they all backed off according to his word taking the place back for those girls to water the flock. But notice this. After they said that to their father, the Bible says in verse 20, and he said to his daughters, where is he then? Why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. Remember Moses' lesson about patience? when things did not turn out exactly the way that Moses expected at the time that he expected that things would turn out that way? Well, here we go again. Moses is having to wait until the recognition came. He was kind to the women 
but they just left him behind, as they should because he was a stranger to them. But we don't know how long it took for them to take all the flock back to their home, for them to talk to their father, and for their father to send them back to look for where Moses was, to go back and invite him to their home. Moses had to wait until the blessing came. Moses was going through a lesson about patience yet again. Lest any one of us would think that the lesson about patience is a one-and-done experience, let us always remember the example of Moses, because this is our own experience. The Lord will teach us patience. The Lord will teach us patience throughout our lifetime. It is not a one-time event, but each and every day, the Lord will remind you to wait upon Him and upon, and upon the Lord alone. He knows the right time. He knows the correct moment when He will act and come to your rescue and answer your prayers and come to you. The Lord knows the exact time. Moses had to wait. It was a lesson about patience again. The Bible says in Psalm 40, in the words of David, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. Moses had to wait and continue to learn to wait upon the Lord. And you know what? This lesson about patience, it continued in Moses' preparation as God's deliverer. Because the Bible says, Moses was willing to dwell with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses. Then she gave birth to a son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happened during those 40 years. The Bible is mostly silent about what happened during that time. But it will be another 40 years until Moses was 80 years old, as he was just being a shepherd for the sheep of his father-in-law, the Lord was continued to teach Moses about patience, about to wait upon the Lord. It was a lesson about patience again. Because Egypt was still in power, Israel was still in slavery, and Moses was still in the land where he went in fear. Nothing had changed. But Moses had to continue to wait upon the Lord. He, he is now 80 years old, and the Lord has now finally determined at the end of that period that the time had come for the Lord to wait, for the Lord to act, no more wait. The Bible tells us in Exodus in chapter 23, now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died, and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage. And they cried out, and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. Their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. When the Bible says that Israel sighed after the king of Egypt died, it is because when, the, when Pharaoh died, Moses the people of Israel was hopeful that the new Pharaoh would be more merciful and relieve Israel from some of their burdens. When that didn't happen, 
as we know, the new Pharaoh was even more cruel than the previous one. When that didn't happen, Israel went into despair. And they sighed. And that word sigh means to groan. It means to cry out in deep distress. They cried out to God. And the Bible says when their cry for help, because of their bondage, they, that cry rose up to God. God heard Israel when they cried out to him. When they cried out to him in despair, the Lord was right there. The Lord heard them, them crying out to him. And so the question is, why didn't Israel cry out to God before? The Lord heard them when they cried out to God, but they didn't cry out before. Why? The answer is in the words of God in the book of Ezekiel. As the Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 20, On that day I swore to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt. I said to them, Cast away each of you the detestable things of his eyes, and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. Jacob and his son Joseph, they knew that Egypt was not the land promised to Israel. They knew that God, it was not his will, it was not his promise for Israel to remain in Egypt. God had promised them a different land, the promised land. But Israel, while in Egypt, they corrupted themselves. They began to worship the idols of Egypt. They began to worship the gods of Egypt. And then the Bible says, But they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. They did not cast away the detestable things of their eyes, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. And so what does God do? The Bible says in verse 9, continuing verse 8, then I resolved to pour out my wrath. Then I resolved to pour out my wrath on them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. Because of Israel's unfaithfulness, God's wrath was poured on them. And Israel suffered 80 years of hard labor. 80 years of slavery in Egypt. But when they cried out to God, the Lord was merciful to them. Because Israel became faithful? Because Israel deserved it? No, but because of this. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, in whose sight I made myself known to them by bringing them out of the land of Egypt. The Lord heard their cries, not because of their faithfulness, but for the sake of his name, according to the promise, according to the covenant that he had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Israel suffered for 80 years for their unfaithfulness to God, for their rebellion in their ways. But all along, Working on the background of history, the Lord during those same 80 years was already preparing the Deliverer to come so that the word of the Lord would be kept and his promise to deliver the people and bring them to the promised land. All along, God was preparing Moses as that Deliverer. And the Bible tells us in the final verses, so God heard their groaning 
And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. The Bible says first that God heard their groaning. That doesn't mean that God was deaf before. It simply means that God was not accepting their prayers because of their wickedness. The Bible tells us in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Because of their sin, the Lord could not hear them. But now, despite of their sin, the Bible says that God remembered. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was going to act for the sake of his name, for the sake of his promise, for the sake of his unconditional commitment to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would indeed deliver Israel and set them in the promised land. The Bible says that God saw the sons of Israel, meaning that he looked upon them with eyes of compassion. Obviously, God was seeing them all along, but now the time had come for the mercies and compassion of God to be poured upon his people. And so the Bible says God took notice of them. God was gracious in the attention that the Lord finally gave to the people of Israel, again, not because they deserved it, but for the sake of his own name. The time had come for God's deliverance to begin. God's deliverer had been prepared. And now the time had come for the call to come as well. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your plans, for the way your plans unfold in our lives. And although many a times, Lord, as your word tells us, we cannot understand the events that happen each and every day in our lives as believers, we know that we do not have to fret. We know we have nothing to be afraid. We know we have nothing to despair of because our lives are in your hands. And Father, we thank you for the example we have in your preparation of Moses, how you molded your servant according to all those spiritual lessons for him to become a vessel to be used for the glory of your name. Oh, Father, help us to understand that each and every day you also allow us to go through lessons in this spiritual wilderness in which we are living here on this earth. But we are so thankful that everything is according to your perfect plans for our lives. Your thoughts are indeed not your thoughts, and our ways are not your ways, but our lives are in your hands. Bless us now, we pray, Father. Let us never, ever forget that you are sovereign and everything is under your control. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.